Hello everyone. Hello, hello. I'm Tony. And I'm Tally. And we are the Lazy, Lazy Book, Book Lovers. Lovers. This is a podcast for book lovers who procrastinate about reading and have never-ending to-be-read piles. Uh, and speaking of to-be-read piles, today is a reading update. Wow, what reading? Um, this is going to be an intentional part two again. Woohoo! We've been reading so much. Actually, I, when I messaged you last night, I was like, I've not I've read not anything. Read anything. Yeah. <laughs> and then I went in, I went on your story graph and I was like, um, actually. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I had such a big list of what I wanted to read in mm. August, I feel like I didn't read anything. Mm. I think I had like, also, I've got a bit of a cough, so sorry, I think my voice has already gone crazy. Was it called Vocal <clears throat> Fry or something? Yeah. I think there was like 16 books I wanted to read in August. And because I read like nine, yeah. I was like, I didn't read anything. Failure. <laughs> I failed. Yeah, um, I was on a really good um, streak and then uh, life. real life has really, really <laughs> come for me. Yeah. Um, so the headline news uh, for me outside of the podcast life is I lost my job. I got made redundant. Yeah. So so much fun. We're gonna read loads. <laughs> yeah, hey? hopefully. <laughs> hopefully, um, I've been trying to like make sure, like, consciously trying to like not just sit on TikTok, like potato. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Because um, I have always worked. Like since I was like fifteen, I've had a job. <laughs> yeah, like the only time I didn't work was mm. when I was pregnant, and it was really weird, and it took mm. me a long time to be able to just relax, and then. I never relaxed again. Yeah. Because I had a child. <laughs> um, yeah, like, I think, apart from, like, obviously when I went travelling, I wasn't working then, but I was travelling. Or when I was at uni, I had jobs, like, seasonally. But, I, like, term time, I maybe didn't have jobs all the time. Hmm. But I don't but think But you were doing counts. work. Yeah. You were, like, uni working. So the like... only time I have had, like, no school work, no work work, was when I came back from my last big travelling trip, and it hmm. took me, like, six weeks to find a job. Watching my son in the summer holidays, I was like, I wish I'd appreciate summer holidays more <laughs> when I was a kid. Yeah, I used to get... I don't know, I didn't like... Not like a kid, when I was like a teenager, mm. I wish I'd appreciate them more. Yeah, I didn't like school, so like, I, I liked... You appreciate them. Summer holidays, yeah. But yeah, we have been reading a bit. There is um, someone talking out in one of the gardens, so apologies if you could pick that up. We're not closing the... It, it's window. We've turned the fan off. That's as far yeah. as we can go. But there's yet another second heat wave. In the- <laughs> no, the only can. positive is like the six loads of washing I did yesterday. But yeah, I swear. Like I feel like every time we record, it's when the heat waves have happened. Yeah. We never record like we let. Generally, last week it was so cold. It was like autumnal weather. We, yeah, we could have done a really cute little autumn what? episode. Mm. Been all snuggly, listen to the rain. Oh, we'll have loads of them coming up. It's England. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Maybe next, I don't know when this comes out, either when this has come out or next time or whatever, not next episode, because mm. we're going to record them both today. But at some point, we will have met, hopefully, Derek Landy again. Yeah, we're, we're going to go see excited. him again. We're going to go see him. He's got a graphic novel coming out. Yeah, when you tapped me in that, I was like, is this a sincere offer? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, this better be. Yeah, definitely. Because um, I said to I said to Nick straight away, oh, we're going to go see Derek Landy again before I'd even tagged yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, well, it's all right. It doesn't matter. Don't have to worry about work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's quite nice, though, when I'm trying to make plans with people and I'm like, it's fine. Pick whenever. Mm. It's, that is quite nice. <laughs> we could see each other. We could do things. Yeah. We could just hang out. Because... I'm free in the daytime. Biggins at school now. Yeah. 
We could like go for a coffee. <gasps> Imagine. And that, we have not been able to do that since she was pregnant with the first one. <laughs> no, like we when we went to the cinema, we grabbed a coffee, but it was like mm. a coffee to take into the cinema with mm. us. That was really fun when we went to the cinema. Yeah, that was really nice. Yeah. Um, um, books. Yeah, books, books. Sorry. <laughs> how how are all of you? Hope you're doing well. Yeah. Um, I hope you haven't melted. No. I mean, it's probably cold by the time this comes out, but <laughs> and I'll be listening to this, be like, why was she complaining? Like yeah. <laughs> such a bitch. <laughs> I will never ever think why was she complaining about the heat. I'll be like, touche. <laughs> yeah, because um, the person I'm dating at the moment, we obviously met in the winter, mm. and then like I was <clears> like, so what are you going to happen? What you're going to discover is about October, November. I start saying I feel sad all the time and don't know why. We all know why. It's because yeah. the clocks have gone back and I don't like winter. We, we all know why. <laughs> but I'd be like, oh, I just feel really shit this week and I don't know why. And I just need you to look at me and go, it's winter. You don't like winter. <laughs> I get that at the start of the hot weather. <clears throat> like, I get sad then. I don't know. I don't like... When we hit 25 and above in the UK, I don't like the UK at that heat. Don't appreciate it. Yeah. But when we're... This is kind of tolerable-ish. Ish is not disgusting. I wish... I, every year I think the same. I'm like, I wish I could be a summer girly. I wish mm. I could embrace it. I wish I could just do it. But I have such deep-rooted hatred of my body that I'm still working through mm. that summer is hell for me. Absolute hell. Yeah. Because I don't wear summer clothes. I don't own summer clothes. If I do own them, I put them on, look in the mirror, and I'm like, I look disgusting and stupid. <laughs> and then I put a jumper back on and then complain I'm hot. Yeah. So, I have the same thing every year. And one one year, I'm going to get over body issues and just actually dress for the weather. <laughs> I don't know, I'm such a, like, I run hot. I'm such a hot bitch i've never had i've never had the option yeah (laughs) like i will literally i will go out and sweat and sweat and sweat and sweat but i will refuse to take my jumper off because i'm like i don't want people to see my shoulders you to see my shoulders it feels weird that everyone knows i've got shoulders what is this a catholic church (laughs) right (laughs) hello when i lived in malta and we went into one of the one of the churches and I had a vest top on because mm. there I had to yeah, it's just get over yeah. and wear a vest top. And it, it, I, I was getting so much better, but since my body's changed, since having kids, it's, yeah. I've regressed. I tell you what I don't like as well. The thing that really stresses me out, we're just going to overshare, yeah, is um, my boobs are too big now and they make me feel sick mm. every time I look at them or I'm aware of them. And so none of my clothes fit right and mm. I hate my life. So you are still breastfeeding, so yeah. I feel that like that will change. Yeah, but they won't go smaller; they'll just get saggier and flatter when I stop. Maybe I don't I know. Like Everyone, everyone's ways. bodies are different; react differently. You don't know. Yeah. And like exercise can change how they sit as well. I just want them gone. I just <laughs> literally want them gone. I just want to. When I stop breastfeeding, I don't mm. need to have access to the bobbies. I will probably just get a binder and just live my best flat-chested life. <laughs> yeah, I do because I have. You guys can't see us. I have very low maintenance boobs. Um, That's like I don't. I, I, like, want I, them. I need a sports bra, but not really. I want them back. I want to be in the position that I could like. If I don't have, if I don't want to wear a bra, I don't have to. Yeah, and that's the life I want back. So I remember, you never used to wear bras. <laughs> no, and I hate. You're not it. a bra girly. No, I refuse. And, you have um, boob cages. 
Uh, yeah, but when I was in Malta and I went to one of the churches, mm. I had a vest oh, yeah. top on. It was quite low cut. Yeah. And they didn't care about that, but they, I had to cover my shoulders. And I thought, mm. that's weird because God yeah. can see my boobs. Yeah. But is it because there's nothing sexual about boobs? No, there's not. But why are you sexualizing my shoulders? I don't know. And why has that man got his shoulders out mm-hmm. in his vest top? What's sexy you, about my when shoulders? When you do that in like Venice, those Catholic churches make men and women cover shoulders. That's how it should be. I, if you're going to be weird about shoulders, you have to be weird about everyone's shoulders. And that knees. Yeah. <laughs> what's wrong? Why, why knees? Why knees? Why knees what, sexy? What's your fetish about? Yeah. <laughs> you can only work at those churches if you've got to think about knees and shoulders. Head, shoulders, knees and toes. Right, okay. <laughs> Let's actually get on with it. Apologies to any religios we've offended. But if you've ever listened to our podcast, you know. And you do you, but why shoulders? <laughs> when I also, this is not just a religious thing though, because no. when I worked for the NHS, I'm I'm not a sleeves person. Stress me out. It's just something extra bit sensory that I don't need. When they cut like that, oh, uh, very specific requirements when it comes to sleeves. Mm. I've realised sleeves, sleeves. I hate them. So I'm always in vest tops and I'll layer with yeah. a cardigan in the winds or whatever. But NHS, I'm sorry, hospitals are fucking hot. Understand why they're sick people. But when you're a well person who's running all around the hospital, it was just, it was, it was just, I was hot all the time, even in winter. The winter was worse. Just all of it was disgustingly hot all the time. Mm. So I just don't wear sleeves. I'd be professional. I'd still be in very professional wear. Um, the concept of professional clothing is stupid and bullshit anyway. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> But my my head of charity used to be like, oh, I don't think having your shoulders out is professional. But very low cut dresses, fine. Yeah, short short dresses, short low cut dresses, and you're wearing heels with heels, yeah, but with sleeves, professional. Whereas I was fully covered at the chest, because especially in a professional environment, I don't like to have things out because. I don't want you looking there. We're supposed to be like working with you. Yeah. <laughs> um. So like, I would be very covered, but my shoulders and sh- would be out, and my arms would be out. And yeah, I don't. So, and um, because because it's a made up thing, mm. like people can just be like, I find shoulders unprofessional, yeah. and then that's it. You have to listen to that. That's she stupid. she used to have such a thing about shoulders, and I was like, okay. <laughs> but then if you look all you the the women NHS executives do dress that way very few of them will wear like pantsuits or anything like that it's like oh my god <laughs> you know what I mean shoulder like, pants that's what it is she wanted you to have shoulder pants yeah <laughs> maybe I just had two small shoulders yeah she was like your shoulders the, should be broader they all wear heels even the head of nursing who was like had been a nurse for 30 years before she was head of nursing was wearing heels to walk around the wards and I'm like babe stop like, like, why does heels make stop you more being professional stop the patriarchy just stop it and that wasn't like a dress code rule either no, it was just like you get judged deep down so you could tell someone's seniority mm. by how big their heels were. It was just ridiculous. And I was like, nope, I'm going to walk around in my little flat. Yeah. <laughs> I ain't twisting my ankles. And my ankles can't cope with heels anyway. So. No. Anyway, books. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Who's starting? We didn't discuss that. Uh, you go first, because I've got more. Hmm. I read You're Not Supposed to Die Tonight by Kaylin Barron. I always... I always go to mispronounce her surname. Mm. Baron. Kaylin Barron. That's the one with the cool cover in it. Yeah. 
Um, she's the author of Cinderella is Dead as well. Mm. I can't remember if I read that before or after the podcast started. Can't remember if I discussed it, but yeah. Um, so this is her first like foray into horror. Yeah, it's a YA um queer horror. Oh, okay. Tangent already. Okay, go. Someone had the audacity to tell me on TikTok in a in a reply to my comment on someone's video mm. that I cannot be queer because I don't live the lifestyle as I'm with a man. Well, <laughs> right. Go fuck yourself, person. <laughs> Random person. I don't. Um, I don't live the the struggle of the lifestyle as I'm with a man. Like, I mean, you just happened to like. Sounds like you're a bit of a dickhead. To be you honest. just happened to fall in love with children with a man. It's not like what doesn't make you any less who you are. <laughs> I mean, by the time I got to the comment, because that comment had happened like overnight or something, um, Mm. the person had had uh, like 12 replies telling them what a dickhead they were, so I didn't really need to do anything, but yeah. (laughs) The internet took care of them. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's good. (laughs) I was like, ah. The thing that annoyed me the most Mm. was the phrasing of it being a lifestyle. I was like, lifestyle implies it's a choice you can make. Yeah. And I'm also, not living like, the queer lifestyle. I'm sorry, what? You only count as bi or pan if you're with the same sex partner, but then you wouldn't be bi or pan. That's so, exactly, like, what's the yeah. point? The whole point of the being whole concept is it's pan, either or. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so um, you're not supposed to die tonight. Mm-hmm. Follows um, Charity, who plays a final girl at a um, a summer camp. Uh, well, it's not. It's not a, a summer camp that's in use so it's like one of those you know like in america they have those uh like horror i'm trying to think of what they're they're called like interactive experiences yeah yeah so it's one like that so you go to this summer camp that's not actually a summer camp yeah yeah, it it used to be a summer camp and now it's abandoned and someone bought it up and turned Mm. it into like an interactive experience you go there for the night and you are like um people at the camp and you get chased yeah and then um like the people that work there get killed in front of you and stuff and she plays that she's the manager there and she plays a final girl yeah um and oh he literally said here a full contact terror game there we go so they recreate scenes from a film that was called curse of camp mirror lake and they're at camp mirror lake Um, right and the last weekend of the season, because obviously it's just during the summer holidays mm-hmm. or whatever season they do, or like summer through to Halloween or whatever. Um, the last weekend of it, her staff starts going missing and they just assume they've just left early. Yeah. It's an issue they have because they're like it's high school work. kids yeah. and it's seasonal work. Yeah. Um, so they assume they just left early. Uh, but then it, it turns out they did not just leave early and there is a real killer at <laughs> Camp Crystal Lake, and it is really, really fun. So, so fun. Um, and then it gets really silly and crazy, and it all works very well. And I oh, okay. enjoyed it. I really enjoyed like, it. Like proper, like old school horror movie style. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like that. And um, there's like, you know, like the the local policeman is very like shifty and hates them having it there and, <laughs> and right at the beginning one of the neighbours turns up at the camp with a shotgun and is like you're disrespecting and then 
So then they look into it and they find out that um, some murders happened at the mm. camp, which is why it got closed down and they didn't know that. And there's no internet signal, no phone signal. Yeah. yeah. It's just perfect. And But it has the added element of um, there's like, for the interactive game part of it, mm. there's like tunnels for the, the players one. to get to, for the killer, yeah. the guy that's playing the killer, the actor, to get from one place to another mm. um, to jump out and scare people. So they have all these additional tunnels. And, mm. Yeah, it was really, really fun. It was silly. It was it was just fun. They, um, they used to have a zombie experience oh, in Birmingham. No. Where you, you were like... I wanted to do something like that. Yeah, where it's like you're running from zombies and if you get caught, then you've got to put zombie makeup on and then chase everyone else. And it's like how many people from your group could survive and stuff. And it's like in an old warehouse area. I always wanted to do something like that. Yeah. I really want to go do because in America they always have these really cool like haunted house experiences mm. and stuff and I know that they do them at places like Alton Towers and things here. Yeah. so I've always wanted to do one of them I just think it'd be really really fun um, I do wonder if I'd do like the, you know the knee jerk reaction just like punch it in the face yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you watch those those videos where yeah. people are trying to scare them and there is always someone that just punches <laughs> <laughs> or I saw this one it was in like um, American like horror escape room type thing mm. And um, they run through, and there's like whatever the scary monster is, and the guy pushes his girlfriend at the monster, ah, and then oh, yeah, I saw that. And yeah. then he like gives her the bat, and yeah. then goes like, "Go <laughs> get him!" Yeah. I wonder if I would do something <laughs> like go. <laughs> yeah, because I was thinking like about stuff like that. I was like, if if like it's not quite the same, mm. but if like I was out with my son. And then I saw a car lose control. Would I get that, you know, that mm. mum strength and like throw him? Throw him, yeah. Because <laughs> we were talking about well, that strength. I punched the desk then, enthusiasm. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Because <laughs> uh, my partner told my son that um, yeah. sometimes mums can like lift cars and stuff. When you the, get an adrenaline rush. Yeah. To save their kids. And, hit, and my son was telling me about it. And I was like, yeah, like mums are amazing. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Now, I've always been surprised, like, my reactions in a crisis are quite good, and then afterwards I'm like, I just don't think once yeah. <laughs> what I was doing, but I just did things. Yeah, like, there's been times where stuff's happened with my son, and mm. then I've just dealt with it, and then afterwards I get shaky, and I'm mm. like, oh my god, oh my god, yeah. I'm just, like, picturing all the things you could have done wrong. <laughs> like, uh. And, like, there's, you know, there's been times when they're both, like, we recently went on holiday, mm. and they're both upset at one point, so I was carrying both of them, and mm. I was like, I do not have strength for this, but I did, because I had just, to get them from to, one yeah. place to another, yeah. so, yeah, you just, and then afterwards, I was like, my arms cannot move ever again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tell us what you've been reading. All right, so, I'm going to do, I'm going to do this one first, actually. <laughs> um, so, I read The Girl Who Can Move Shit With Her Mind. Oh, yeah, so you were currently reading this last mm. time we we recorded so annoyingly this is a series and yeah. four of them are out four yes um and i don't even know if the series is done yet series must be capped at trilogies <laughs> um especially when it's just like an, a funny book title that i picked up on a whim and now i've got to buy four more now fucking books yeah. like it's just rude yeah how dare you <laughs> um so it's the first book in the frost files series by jackson ford a lot of Fs. I always get this one mixed up with that girl with all the gifts that wasn't in the same book. They're not. <laughs> They're very different vibes. Um, I might just read the summary out because I feel like my version will be a bit more chaotic. Mm. Um, okay. Fatigue and frost shit just got real. 
Tegan Frost is having a hard time keeping it together. Sure, she's got telekinetic powers, a skill that the government is also happy to make use of, sending her on secret break-in missions that no ordinary ordinary human could carry out. But all she really wants is to kick back, have a beer, and pretend she's normal for once. But then a body turns up on the site of her last job, murdered in a way that only someone like Tegan could have pulled off. She's got 24 hours to clear her name, and it's not her life, just her life that's at stake. If she can't unravel the conspiracy in time, her hometown of Los Angeles will be cr- in the crosshairs of an underground battle that's on the brink of exploding wow. so basically she her parents are geneticists and she, the story she's always been told is that they basically did experiments on her and her siblings and that's how they all end up with some it's kind of power parenting there right yeah so they um they were geneticists who got shut down and started to carry on their own experiments and then with their children with their own children were the results I'm not saying that's bad parenting, but take those kids away. Oh, so that's the story she's always been told. It's just her. Yeah. But then suddenly bodies are turning up for someone else. She's so of her three siblings. She got two siblings. There's three mm. of them. The other two did not have the same powers as her. Okay. They're different types of powers. So there's no one else in the world like her. And suddenly, there is. There's dead bodies turning up, murdered in the way only someone like her could do. Mm. But clearly, someone more powerful. Yeah. Um. When her parents died tegan got like basically kidnapped by the government Hmm. and experimented on so she's very aware of the limits of her power because they did it to her in labs and they tortured her in labs and her only way out was to go and work for this government black ops company that they they do take down baddies so that's how she kind of deals with it is they are dealing with like genuinely scummy people Hmm. and she uses her powers on missions with them and that they're, but they like control every aspect of her life, like where she can live and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And she's not allowed to ever tell anyone about her powers. I How she, old is she? Is she a child, like a teenager? Mm, early twenties. Don't quote me exactly, but early twenties. Mm. Not a teenager anymore. Um, so she can't really get that close to anyone, mm-hmm. and also can't tell them why. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and then these bodies start turning up, and the government's basically like. Well, this is definitely you killing people, so we're going to take you back to the lab. Yeah. And she's like, no. And they're like, well, you've got 24 hours to prove us wrong, but it's not you. And then shit kicks off. Basically, the person who is the person with the powers keeps killing powerful. keeps killing people. He's more powerful than her. Um. So then through that, she starts to push the limits of her own powers and realises she's a lot more powerful than they thought. And then that again makes the government officials very uncomfortable because there were limitations, known limitations in her powers before. Yeah. But suddenly the goalposts shift and they're like, okay, you're dangerous. Yeah, can we control you? Because she managed, she managed to bring down like a helicopter, which she's, and that it's in the sky. So like yeah. it was beyond the range of like the limit of her powers and distance and as well as the heaviness of it and stuff. But yeah, it's, it's really, the narration's really funny, as you yeah. can tell, because it's like the whole move shit with her mind. Yeah, she makes yeah. she makes fun of her powers all the time. She like, is just very jokey. Fun. It's how she's coped with all the shit she's been through. It's just to be like, yeah, I'm just going to make a joke out of this. Yeah. But the, the person who, with the powers, is being manipulated by someone else, and when you find out who it was, it's really, it's really well done. It's really good. So does the book um, leave on a cliffhanger or anything? Like, so, do you feel a need to read the rest of the series? I mean, yes. you probably will anyway. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so the the guy who's got the powers is dealt with. Mm-hmm. And that, so in, that, in that, that part of the storyline is wrapped up. Okay. And then at the very end, you find out someone from her past 
has been watching her because it switches to his POV in the last paragraph. And that they knew about this other guy in the world who had powers. Yeah. And it turns out her parents had been experimenting, had been paying poor women to have babies that they experimented on. So her parents are just trash. Basically. Wow. And And then one of the ones that did develop powers wasn't kept for experimentation, was let out into the world somehow, but accidentally... Uh, with no one to guide them yeah. or control yeah. them or keep an yeah. eye, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So the person who, like, ends up manipulating the kid with the powers, obviously... So there's a little tiny moth that's just distracted both of us. <laughs> Can you calm down? Yeah, why are you so energetic? It's, it's, it's daytime. Can you go away? No, no, no. You're not even near the nice plants. No, You're just fluttering around You're with the computers. Thank you. Sorry. Do you not know this is a neurospicy (laughs) household? Literally, your eyes are just following it. And then I was like watching it. I was like, oh no. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even... I don't remember what you were saying. I'm I'm not going to lie. That moth did distract me a lot. (laughs) So, yeah. The last paragraph is from someone from her past who's been watching her. And it's people that... I'm trying to do spoilers. So you find out bits of her past as time goes on, mm-hmm. and it's people she thinks are dead is dead <gasps> through like traumatic shit that happened to her when when her parents like died and when she got taken by the government. Um, so that's why obviously that's where they're going to take the storyline, and this okay. uh, this is new about the other boy in the world, and had made sure that those two came together, and yeah. Yeah, it just sounds quite good. It's good. I can't put more books on my TBR. I just, I just can't, especially not series. Um, but that does sound good. Yeah, and then I was in Waterstones the other day, and they had book two and book four, but not book three. Why did they do that? Don't know. But um, I decided to walk away. I didn't buy them. Are you proud of me? You walked away. Yeah. You're like walk away. I was like, I can get this on Amazon. I can get them for cheaper on Amazon. Mm. I can get the whole series at actual, once. Yeah. I was like, no. walk away. No, good job. Yeah, I bought so two other books instead. <laughs> I'm going to give my money to Bezos. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, hmm. so you're going to continue? I think so, yeah. That sounds good. I literally picked it up because of the title and yeah. no other reason. I've but... looked at it so many times because mm. of the title. And the cover's fun. It's got all those little pictures on it, hasn't mm-hmm. it? Look up the cover if you haven't seen it yet. Yeah. I guess the UK cover in case it's different in America. Isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Right. You go. Okay, so this was a uh, book I read for a book tour, and I'm so pleased because it was a really fun book. So it's called Lion's Legacy, and it's by L.C. Rosen. Rosen? Rosen, I'm going to go with. Um, And this is like a, uh, it's a YA queer Apparently that was just my vibe. Um, and it's like an adventure book. Yeah. So it follows um, it follows a, a 17-year-old called Tennessee, but he goes by 10. Um, and it says, his life is imploding, his boyfriend has been cheating on him, and all of his friends know about it. Worse, they expect him to just accept his ex's new relationship and make nice. So when his father, a famous archaeologist and reality show celebrity whom he hasn't seen in two years, shows up unexpectedly and offers to take him on an adventure. Tennessee has uh, a few options. Number one, stay, mope, regret it forever. 
Number two, go try to reconcile with Dad, become his sidekick again. Or number three, go make an adventure and Dad will be the sidekick. And there's more to it. But so basically, um, Tennessee, Tennessee's dad is an archaeologist. Mm. He used to have a YouTube show where he went adventuring. Yeah. Um, and then uh, he started taking Ten with him. Um, when Tennessee was 13. Right. And then they got picked up and it became like an actual like reality TV show. Mm. Um, and they used to go, and it's like a cross between like Indiana Jones and like Uncharted, the video games. So if you're a fan of either or both of them, you might enjoy this. So they go and they do a lot of research and they go looking for like mythical items, mm. etc. Um, and artifacts. And two years prior to where we are, uh, all we know is that Tennessee and his dad had an argument. Mm. We do find out, obviously, yeah. what it was. But they have an argument, and his dad um, just walks out on him and abandons him in Japan. So nice. Tennessee's like 15 at this point. And then he doesn't hear from his dad for two years. And then his dad just turns up the worst day of Tennessee's life, basically. Nice. Um, and his dad has found research slash, like, some hints for these rings of the sacred band of Thebes, um, mm. which are, are artifacts, Thebes, thank Thebes, you, yeah. yeah, which are artifacts related to a troop of ancient Greek soldiers, um, which were 150 gay couples, mm. like these soldiers. Um, and his dad knows that Tennessee really wants to find them because it's like queer history. Mm. So he goes with his dad uh, to go find these rings, and it's about that. And it's about discovering um, queer history. It's about how it's always covered up and like mm. they were just roommates and stuff like mm. that. And that is like a fact of actual history. Yeah. Um, it's about how if you do identify as part of the LGBT, da, 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 um, you don't have anywhere where you can go to see your history mm. throughout because it all gets yeah heterosized that's not a word but i'm making it work um and it's also about him and his dad um trying to form a relationship mm. again after this happened it's the start of a series i will pick up the yeah. rest of the series because it was really enjoyable it's a little heavy-handed in its message so the mess a lot of the messaging is about um well i guess i could probably talk about what their argument was about because that's what the messaging mm. of the story is so him and his dad have an argument because Tennessee comes to realise that his dad sells the artefacts to whoever pays the most. And then he's, right. he's 15 at this time and he's like questioning whether shouldn't it just go to the, like, if they find it and it's a, a Japanese artefact, shouldn't it go to Japan? Yeah, yeah. As opposed to being sold to the highest bidder, which could yeah. be someone in America. And this is what him and his dad have an argument about. Mm. So a lot of it is about that as well, like, should the should history go to the country um as opposed to obviously colonizers taking yeah. it away but if the country um for instance is in greece if the greece government are going to hide the gay part of it yeah like it's a is really good right kind of discussion do, yeah. yeah and it is a little heavy-handed but i don't think it took away from the fun of the book mm. um and there's kind of a little element of magic in it as well okay so like when they it's like indiana jones they're going in these rooms and there's like Mm. a little element of magic it was really really fun Mm. yeah i i i really enjoyed it i 
I wanted to highlight lines that I liked, and mm. I ended up highlighting on almost every page. Nice. Yeah, I like such that. Such a good book. Yeah, I, I saw um, there was like some TikToks that were showing up for a while. I think it was TikTok. It might have even been Facebook. I don't know. But it was like, oh, you know, there wasn't all these queer people in his, uh, before. Um, this is like a modern invention. And then someone was like, no, we've always been here. And it was like a series of like black and white photos yeah, going back to like obviously like the early 1800s whenever like photography, I'm not going to get yelled at by my brother yeah, again for not knowing history. <laughs> whenever like cameras were affordable for the upper classes, I guess, mm. or whatever. But it was like, no, we've always been here. And it was a series of photographs of queer couples. Yeah. that throughout history have just been like oh roommates <laughs> yeah yeah exactly um there's like i remember seeing something like that and there was like these photos of couples in like the victorian era mm. and they were female couples but one of them dressed as a man yeah and stuff like that yeah. and there's that um that doctor i can't remember their name they're a very very famous doctor whose name i can't remember um <laughs> And they helped, I'm butchering all of this, but we know that it was a woman um, who presented as a man because uh, obviously, like, at that time, medical careers were only held by men. But, like, so a lot of people say, oh, she just dressed up to become a doctor. But then why couldn't she have just been trans or mm. why couldn't he have just been trans mm. like you don't have to just be like she dressed up to be so she yeah. could be a doctor what he if she was could just have dr- been trans yeah like, or if she was just dressing as her yeah. authentic or his authentic self exactly yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah it's like we don't know the answers to these but people have always been there yeah and our our version of sexuality as it is now especially with like hetero being the norm is very tied in uh religion mm. and religion has not always been around yeah yeah i think um i was explaining to someone might have even been my dad actually he was like he was asking like why are all these things on the forms now we didn't used to need all these words and i was like we did need all these words except these people didn't have the words for who they were and there you go the other one said <laughs> yeah or they existed in silence yeah, like so we need these words. These words help people. They if they don't, they, you don't need them, so you're fine. Yeah, if it's just not... but if they help someone, who cares? Yeah. And I, I always find it was it, funny... it was. I want to clear up the place my dad came from. It was a genuine question, not a place of bigotry. It was like, yeah, no, can you educate me on this because I'm old and I don't know about this. Yeah, and I would like to know <laughs> yeah. about it. That's how he came at it. Be like, Mah. yeah, um, no, it wasn't like we need to need all this in my day. It wasn't like that. It was more like why and younger um, person. And I always find it funny, like, well, as we know, I'm sorry, this We've is just really badly, but yeah. well. on my part, I apologise because this is just going to be a me bashing religion episode, apparently. <laughs> um, but obviously, um, most religions just corrupt and cherry pick and do whatever they want to get whatever they want out of it. Um, and I always find it funny that there's a lot of religions that are okay with like polygamy and mm-hmm. things like that if it's a man with lots of women mm. um but that in itself is not 
part of like a monogamous hetero lifestyle so mm. you can't just pick and choose when it's okay and when it's not and wow it's it's straight ca- straight married couples just several of them yeah, with like, one dude <laughs> what no no and yeah, yeah i'm not even gonna go into priests anyway so yeah they have always been here they will Mm. continue to always be here um Mm. they now people can be more vocal about who their authentic selves Mm. are and no matter how many laws are passed in supposed first world countries to try and silence people again you can't it's not gonna happen are you saying about what got signed in florida Mm -hmm. like today no what so the the bills he's been trying to put through have been signed into law, is it state law. Roy DeSantis. Roy yeah. DeSantis. Yeah, but a lot of his stuff is getting overturned at a higher level. It's just the damage mm. it does in the meantime, and yeah. it gives permission to disgusting people to be more vocal. Um, well, like, but in the UK, we are following suit with a lot of these things. Trans true. people are losing a lot of rights in the UK. Mm. Thanks, J.K. Rowling, for making it okay to talk about this stuff. Mm. Making it okay to be... And thanks, conservatives, for making uh, trans people scapegoat because you fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a bit off topic, but, like, so my, my person I'm dating moved to the UK when the first Tory government came in power, so he's only ever known Tory Britain. Mm. And we were talking, oh, actually we were talking about NHS stuff, but I was like, it, I was like, it wasn't like this before. I was like, the, the landscape in the UK has been fundamentally changed by a conservative government. Like, I was like, it wasn't like this before. Like, mm. we were talking about NHS wait, wait times, and I was like, they are deliberately crushing certain services. Yeah, this to- isn't like... Mm. Yes, they're overwhelmed, but they're also doing it on purpose. Oh, yeah, they're trying to make the NHS they fail. they want to make it privatised. They want so... to make it fail so they can privatise. Yeah, exactly. They can go, oh, well, clearly the system's not working. That's why they passed rules that meant that a lot mm. of NHS staff could no longer live in the UK and mm. things like that. Yeah. Anyway, a bit off topic, mm. but it was like, uh, it's the same thing about the different laws that have been changed. I'm like, it wasn't like this before. No. And I don't think it's representing... The under 40 categories at all. No. Anyway, we don't want to get too political. Because then it will turn into me running about Brexit. Yeah. What have you got? Anything fun? Uh, yes, but I can't talk about it too much. Because, okay. okay. So, I read Fourth Wing. Ah, by Rebecca Yaris. By Rebecca Yaris. Yeah. yeah. E.M. Period. I didn't know what the series was called. No one's ever mentioned it's that. It's got a series name? Yeah. Sorry, Rebecca Yaris. Everyone's just going to call this the fourth wing I series. I thought it was just fourth, fourth <laughs> no. wing for series. No, I'm just realising that on Storygraph mm-hmm. now. Oh, what's it called? The Empyrean? Oh, okay. Book one? Anyway. There we go then. Right, I'll read out the proper summary. The next one comes out in November, doesn't it? Iron Flame. Yes. I've got it on pre-order because I assume I'm going to want to read it. Yeah, yes, you will. I think this is going to be a series I'm going to try and actually read when it comes out. It's it. As she says, not mm. having read fourth wing yet. <laughs> um, descript- right, I'm just going to read the description because I feel like I'm too excited about this book and I always get a bit rambled. <laughs> Alright. Enter the brute and elite world of a war college for dragon riders from USA Today bestselling author Rebecca Yaris. 20 year old Violet Soringal 
was supposed to enter the scribe quadrant, live a quiet life among, among books and history. Now the commanding general, also known as her toughest Talon's mother, has ordered Violet to join the hundreds of candidates striving to become the elite of Navarre, dragon riders. But when you're smaller than everyone else and your body is brittle, death is only a heartbeat away. Because dragons don't bond to fragile humans, they incinerate them. With a... F- oh my god, this, this is a very long time. Yeah, I, I just, really I just opened it up and was like, what? This goes on forever. With fewer dragons willing to bond than cadets, most would kill Violet to better... I'm not reading this. Okay. Um, I'm going to do mine somewhere. Basically, um, they are... Their whole country is at war with their surrounding countries all the time over resources and stuff like that. And they have conscription, but their conscription is not just for the soldiers. It's for the scribe quadrant. That's why they're referred to as quadrants. Yeah. There's conscription for all the all the services that keep the kingdom running. Oh my god. I did the the TikTok filter to find out what I would be. Yeah. Let me just, I'm just going to double check what it said because I wanted to do it before I read the book yeah. and see if I agree. I'm just going to find it while right. I talk. Sorry. Um, <laughs> and the dragon riders are the most elite part of that. They are the thing that keeps their borders safe. Um, what are you? So I got, I think it might have been Healer actually. Healer. That's interesting. Um, yeah, so they've got dragon riders, but it's basically the dragons genuinely will, and they do genuinely burn people to death if they're considered too weak. Um, the dragons are harsh. Um, so the dragons have their own society, and it's almost like a societal contract that got between the dragons and the humans of like, we'll allow you to bond with us because it increases their powers as a dragon as well. Mm hmm. So through their bond with the human, they can channel magic and channel powers. So this is why they've got this kind of agreement. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, they're freaking dragons. So the humans are kind of subject to what the dragons want. The dragons are in charge, basically. Yeah. Um, and the humans are kind of stuck with it because they need the alliance. Um, so a lot of what the scribe, qu- the, the, the rider quadrant is, is basically designed to, like, kill off the weak. Yeah. It's extreme survival of the fittest. Yeah, I've seen like a lot of people that have read it and said it seems a bit silly that they need these people for a war and they're yeah. just killing a lot of them off. Yeah, like... yeah, the percentage of people that survive is small. Mm. So like right from the start they have to walk past across the parapet, which is that's, that's how teeny little I've ledge. <laughs> it's teeny tiny ledge on the roof that they have to walk across. Um, and if they survive that, then they've got to survive the gauntlet, which is like an obstacle course that's basically designed to kill them. There's it, upper wall. Is it like a three or four year course so, but well. Yeah, but the first year, basically up to what's called threshing, which is when they go out, basically get sent out into a field of dragons and the dragons pick them. Yeah. And if you don't get picked, you if you don't get picked but you also don't die, you get you just have to restart the first year until you get picked by a dragon. It was giving me like um, the school of necromancy. Yeah, what's it called? Sholomancer is what it's. Yeah. It was giving me those vibes. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, and it's like it's very Hunger Games. It's very divergent. Mm. It's very well written for our era of adults. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then, if you, if you, but basically the dragons just like kill people they don't like, including someone who's been like really mean. So they they do the gauntlet. Then you get the presentation, which is basically where a line of dragons line up and the humans have to just walk past them um, but seven like feet apart best. because the dragons just kill whoever they own whoever they disapprove of <laughs> um, and it's someone who's been mean to Violet that gets incinerated and you're like yeah <laughs> um, yeah so at the beginning I've only read like three yeah. chapters so next 
not not next episode, but maybe like the episode after or something. We'll we'll do mm. a deep dive. Once We're gonna I do a proper it, deep yeah, dive with spoilers and everything. But like right at the beginning, uh, you find out that Violet was all set to be a scribe, which is just like the recorders of history. Yeah, so um, that was what she was training for, mm. and then her mum almost last minute is like, "By the way, you're gonna be a rider." Yeah. Off you go. Off you go. And, like, she's like people... a foot shorter than all the other riders, yeah, and the riders train for months leading yeah. up to years leading up. Must to have trained their whole lives. They're like the... They come um, from rider families. Yeah, they're like the, in the Hunger Games, those tributes. Mm. That, what are they called? The, um, Trophy tributes. Is that one? No, what are they? I can't, I can't remember what they're called. But the but one... Like District that, like, 1 and 2 that have, yeah. like, yeah, elite tributes. So, like, the riders are like that. They've been literally, like, getting strong and, like, training this whole time. And she's just, like, she's trying to carry her backpack. She's teeny she tiny. Carry it and, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and she's also she got she was her mum was really sick when she was pregnant with her, mm. so it means Violet has always been a little bit fragile. Yeah, she breaks bones easily. Like, she basically sounds like she's hypermobile, yeah. um, because basically like she rolls her ankles constantly. It's insane. Everything's everything's a bit fragile. Like she yeah, breaks bones that was quite easily. Thing people said about it being some chronic illness. As yeah, well. she's like just chronically in pain. But then her mum makes the point of like she knows how to deal with pain better than anyone else. She's most suited to being a rider because she's used to working through pain. Yeah, but at the same time, doesn't make it okay. No, no, it doesn't. <laughs> um, but yeah, and she's got like silver hair, right? Or yeah, the, the end of her silver, hair is silver. No matter how short she cuts it, she's the end of always silver. Vibes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then they're these group of people who are basically, they are the children of a rebellion that happened. Mm. So all the rebellion generals were killed in front of their children. Mm. And then all of those children were marked yeah. through dragon magic, were marked as, they're called tears because they're from Tirish. I'm not sure if I've got 100% correct, but they call them tears. Yeah. And basically those, are, those people are conscripted and they have to do become riders whereas riders is choice only like you have to you get conscripted into doing something but you don't have to go into the riders quadrant yeah but that's that's volunteer only except for these kids who are forced into it because basically they assumed that because dragons are all about honor and stuff like this that the dragons would just kill all of the rebellion children yeah turns out they haven't and most of them are now rising to leadership positions yeah yeah, so um, there's that one guy that Violet's been told to watch out for. Because he was the son of the general yeah. that her mother killed. And then um, as soon as he's, like, he's dark they and meet brooding each and other, handsome. it's like, ooh, enemies to lovers. I'm not even ready, but I know. <laughs> I know by his description. <laughs> yeah, so... No, I'm not going to tell you, actually, because I'll be spoilers. We'll, we'll do it next time. There's, there's a reason that they basically end up in forced proximity with each other. I enjoy Force Proximity. But, like, I think it's another case of enemies to lovers where they were never enemies in the beginning, not as far as he's concerned. Well, um, I have my suspicions. They've been told that they should they hate each other, but it's like Romeo and Juliet, eh? But I like, right from, the, be- each right other, from but, the beginning, um, he's pretty impressed by her. Like, the moment she holds. Um, a, a, she, so, when she gets off the parapet, she, like, holds a knife to some guy's balls because he keeps threatening her. And oh, he's very me, impressed by that. Please tell me it's that guy that's behind her. Because I've, telling I've you. got okay, so I've got to the point. I, I think she, this, on the parapet. I think this can't be a spoiler because it's literally within mm. three chapters. So the guy in front who kept talking about how he was going to get married when they lose, obviously he he falls off straight yeah. away. And then the guy behind her who's been a dick has just pushed her on. Yeah, and then that's it. That's how far I've got. Okay, yeah. So I'm assuming it's the guy behind because I hate him. 
and he keeps treading on her feet. And he survives for an annoyingly long time, oh, just so you know. And I really, <laughs> obviously, I've only met a handful of characters, but I really like the girl she's made yeah. friends with. Yeah, yeah, they're, 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 they're like, I can, I can. There's some TikTok complaints about some of the dialogue, which I would not have noticed had it not been pointed out to me. Mm-hmm. So I don't even think that's worth worrying about because I don't think I would have noticed if it hadn't been pointed out. I don't think it would have taken away from the story. Sometimes it's a bit stilted in places, basically. Mm. But it's a book. It doesn't have to be real. <laughs> well, a lot of a lot of what I've seen people say, I've seen people just outright say they hate it, which is but fine. What do that? And um but a lot of people I've seen have said critically it's not a great book. Like it's not written great, but it's the story's good and it no, hits all those good not, beats. It's not Akatar vibes where it's like Especially the first book, and it's where Nakata, where it's like it's poor fucking writing, mm. but the storytelling is good. Yeah, it's not that. Ah. It is good writing. Okay, I don't really get what everyone's issue is. Maybe just because it's got popular so quickly. Yeah, I don't. I don't like. I don't. There's nothing about this that makes it kind of popular. Tat. It's not badly written. Like the plot points and the kind of twists are. Some of them are obvious, some of them aren't, but they're not badly written, in my opinion. The big twist at the end, the ending that everyone makes a huge fuss about, I didn't see what happened coming, but I knew something was coming. Yeah. So I wasn't that shocked, but I also don't think... And, like, yeah, the, the uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I don't get what the issue is. I think it's well written. I think it's really hitting that target audience well, and maybe that's what people's issue is. Well, if you're they, not the target audience, then if it's if, I don't know if they're doing like or they're assuming it's like the Ali Hazel thing of like we've written to a trope and it's formulaic, it's just hit the audience well. Or maybe it's it's a magical school. It's got dragons. It's Hunger Games and Divergent vibes. I was going to say maybe because it's more like the dystopian kind mm. of vibes, and it's, so that's not going to hit every fantasy no. reader. No, I think it's definitely aimed at our age group, mm. who like teens, early twenties, depending on how young, old, millennial you are. You are reading those kind of books. Yeah. I definitely think it's aimed at us, kind of fantasy. So I could, maybe because younger there's probably audiences. Probably a pipeline of that dystopian to fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> but also, the twenty tens always went like the era, the height of like mm-hmm. the dystopian stuff. Yeah. And obviously, the Divergent series sadly killed it. <laughs> I actually watched a breakdown of why Divergent Sorrows, Sorrows. Sorrows Press. Sorrows Press. Yeah, I really, I literally watched a TikTok explaining why Divergent killed the genre. Yeah. It was really interesting. I still, I probably will never read that, but. Um, it's gone past its time now. I've got far more important books to read. I think I enjoyed them. The ending still annoys me. That's all I'll say. So, oh, yeah, okay. come back in a couple of weeks and we will do uh, an deep, in-depth spoiler. Deep dive spoiler, yeah. proper review. But so far, all I can say is recommend. I already downloaded it as an audible book so I could re-listen. <laughs> I considered getting the audio as well. Mm. I might do that. Um, yeah, the audio is good. Okay, so the next book I read, I forgot to look up how to pronounce the officer name. Um, <laughs> so this is Vampires of El Norte by Isabel Canas. There's a little on the end, and mm. I can't remember. Canas? Apologies. <laughs> um, okay, so this was a Libro FM 
uh, arc I got through there for their um, influencer program. Yeah. Okay, we need to discuss this one. Okay. Okay, it's called Vampires of El Norte, right? It's advertised as historical horror. Okay. Yeah, it's advertised as horror everywhere, even Goodreads, everywhere. Horror, horror, It's not horror. a horror. Oh, okay. It was what a great it? book. I really enjoyed it. But it's being it's going to be picked up by the wrong people, and then it's going to be given the wrong... Is review, this publisher like, trying review. to pigeonhole it? Yeah, because it's got vampires in it, so like it's a horror. It's not, it's a romance. It's a romance with a small vampire side plot. All right. It's a historical romance. It was really good. Mm-hmm. It was a really fun book, but I... I enjoy horror and I enjoy romance apparently like yeah so I do worry it's not it's not going to be picked up it's not going to get the right audience Mm. and I worry that it's not going to do well review wise because it's going to take a while before it gets the correct audience yeah because it's being pushed as it this whole I had it on my radar because it's been marketed as an upcoming horror and yeah it's got vampires in the title and I was like it's gonna be so cool um so as the daughter of a rancher in 1840s mexico nana knows a thing or two about monsters her home has long been threatened by tensions with anglo settlers from the north but something more sinister lurks near the ranch at night something that drains men of their blood and leaves them for dead something that once attacked nana nine years ago believing nana dead nestor has been on the run from his grief ever since moving from ranch to ranch working as a vaquero but no amount of drink can dispel the night terrors of sharp teeth no woman can erase his childhood sweetheart from his mind so it's about um the uh anglio settlers are really encroaching on these ranches and um fighting and taking their ranches away Mm. from them um and then at the same time they also have these vampires or like monsters that are uh, also kind of attacking their ranches mm. um, and it's actually just a childhood sweetheart love story between Nana and Nestor <laughs> and these things are happening yeah. that kind of bring them back together it was really fun like it was really really good and it had some really good like discussions because mm. so Nana is the daughter of a rancher Nestor is a uh, person who gets hired by ranchers so she they know they basically love each other as children mm. and they know that they can never be together because um he is not high enough status mm. for it so it's about them like you know fighting that and coming together and she's a healer there's kind of a little bit of magic i think to mm. her healing um and they're trying to save the ranch from the um, the Americans that are coming to take over, mm-hmm. and then they also happen to have some vampires there. But that's all side stuff to the romantic storyline. Mm-hmm. So it was really fun. It was really good. Well, I like really enjoyed the characters. historical fantasy romance, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I would say it's more like either fantasy or like magical realism than. Mm-hmm horror i mean yeah you could say that some of the descriptions are horrific but i wouldn't say it's a horror yeah but at the same time 
it can I well, it's got horrific stuff in it. Mm. So yes, you can call it a horror, but it shouldn't be advertised as a horror. Yeah, is what I'm it shouldn't saying. be like the main pigeonhole. No, yeah, it should be advertised as um, historical romance mm. with a thriller or horror element. Mm. Personally, I think that. Okay. But yeah, yeah, it was really good. It was it's really good. fun. Um, this is Isabel's second book, and her first one is on my list, The Hacienda. So I think it's, and that's also. Um, that's also advertised as a historical horror so I look forward to picking that one up because that one's Mexican Gothic meets Rebecca which are two okay. books I love um, so I've been meaning to pick that up so this is going to push me to pick that up nice. sooner Yeah. so if you enjoy the sound of that please do check it out because it was really good and I strongly recommend the audio because hearing like the accent of the words as they should be pronounced was good okay like, what's the accent um because it's mexican so like when they're talking about like machetes they're not it's machete and it really helped like immerse that. me in it it's like um and that's how i learned how to pronounce their names <laughs> the kingdom of the wicked series because mm. that's all very based in sicily mm. and she says a lot of things that like, is the accent on the audio and like I wouldn't have I wouldn't have known that that was how their names were pronounced so mm. um Nana the the main character her name is spelled N-E-N-A so I would have pronounced it Nina oh, yeah. in my head or whatever yeah. and like I wouldn't have known Nestor I wouldn't have known it was like that I would have said mm. Nesta or yeah. something like that yeah, yeah. so it was that's why I like listening to the books that are set elsewhere with uh, outside of like British English um, I like to listen to audios because mm. then I can really immerse myself in it properly. So yeah, I like that. It's good. It was fun. So I'm thinking, right? You should do one more, mm-hmm. and that's you going to do four this episode, won't you? Yeah. And I'm going to leave the ones I've got left because obviously two of them are part of a series. Yeah, yeah. And we've done quite well for time, so I think I'm going to save. I'm going to do one more of you, and then we're going to save yeah. mine. And you have to come back next week. Yeah. Cause... <laughs> <laughs> um. So I will talk about. The one that I mentioned in a previous episode, mm. I can't remember what it was called. It was like net galley reads I want to read or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, Sheets, the graphic novel about the little ghost. I, I saw, saw that you'd read this and I was like, it's so cute. <laughs> it was really, I just really want, cute. I just want the little ghost sticker. <laughs> so um, this is by Brina Thumler. And um, so this follows, it's a graphic novel and uh, it's the first in the Sheets series. And it follows Marjorie Glatt, who is a 13-year-old who, she lives with her dad and her younger brother. And they've recently, I think like a year before, lost um, lost her mum. And I think, you don't find out in this book, but it's kind of, now she's really scared of the ocean. So I think her mum may have drowned. Um, and her dad's really not mentally doing well. He's so yeah. checked out. He's full on depressed. He doesn't leave his room, basically. Mm-hmm. So it's fallen to Marjorie to um, run the family's laundromat. Um, so she does that before school and after school. Um, and she's having a bit of a rotten time. There's some girls at school that are bullying her, like the mm. popular girls. And she just kind of, like, 
blends into like the background kind of thing and she it says here she feels like a ghost which is a really good description of her life yeah it's very like slice of lifey okay with her. Oh, like and then we also flick to following a little ghost <laughs> <laughs> called Wendell. I didn't know you did it. It was his point yeah, of view. Yeah, I, didn't I like that. Either. So it goes to Wendell, who is a boy who um, he lost his life when he was like eight, I think. So he's just a child ghost. Mm. And the ghosts in this are just like the floating sheets. <laughs> um, and so it follows him in the ghost world. <laughs> so um, they just have like little houses and they go about their jobs just as little floaty sheets little ghosts and you find out about like when they first die and they go into this world and there's like a ghost tailor who gives them a sheet and oh I love stuff like that Um, and he's having ghosts he's having like death therapy they have therapy to come to terms with their death and um, he just it's not working for him he's too young he tells like crazy stories about how he died or whatever um so one day he just decides to basically go on a, an adventure and he decides he's going to go to the human world where they're forbidden for going to yeah and he ends up in the laundromat and he thinks it's like a fun place so he gets all of the sheets out of the dryers and he like <laughs> makes a den and he dances with them and has fun and and um and yeah, they end up just becoming friends and it's really cute. And he helps her with like a little issue she has with someone trying to sabotage the laundromat. Mm. And it was really, really cute. And yeah, I can't wait for the next one. I've downloaded it. and I'm Did you know if it follows the same, the same characters? Yeah, yeah. It oh, just cool. follows all the same characters, yeah. Um, so you guys need to look up the cover because it's really cute. it's so cute yeah wendell and marjorie and yeah so the third one has just come out or is just about to come out uh and that's called lights and yeah it's just it's adorable the covers mm. are so cute the artwork is really beautiful and the color palette for the artwork is wonderful as well mm. yeah nice. 10 out of 10 like it so yeah join us next week for some more then yeah more books with yeah. red have you got a little teaser? Um, I've got some middle grade stuff and I've started my spooky reads. Uh, I've got a romance and fantasy. In a Ooh, shocking, it was a shocking, shocking turn of events. How could you guys have seen that coming? <laughs> oh, so, yeah, please like, subscribe, rate us on uh, wherever you listen to the podcast. We'd really appreciate if you left us a star rating and then um, Mm -hmm. left us a little written review. That really helps bump us up for more people to find us. And if you want to follow us on our socials, you can follow us on Instagram. At some point, we'll upload something on TikTok, so come there. (laughs) Please consider joining our Facebook group Mm because we want to be more active on there and help build a community. So we'd love to have you. And if you want to see what we're reading, follow us on Storygraph and stuff. Um, yeah, all of our, our links, own Instagrams, all the links. Yeah, are all of in, our links are in our card. So in our description. Come check us out. Come say hi. If you have any um, books you want us to read, if you're an indie author, etc., please come to our website, which is lazybookloverspodcast.wordpress.com. Yep. And you can send us like a little thing there, or DM us wherever. Yeah, we're not fussy. Yeah. We just, just want to hear from you. Yeah, are you here? Yes. Are you alive? <laughs> Thank you for joining us, and we will be back at you with some more reviews. More next books week. because we keep reading too much. We've been very oh, off brand this we? whole year. No, we need to just stop. <laughs> <laughs>
Not really. I like not being in reality. (laughs) Yeah, it's nice to have books to talk about rather than just when we used to have to do loads of lists. (laughs) Right. Uh, Have a good week, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Goodbye. Bye.